Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. So I think it starts with each and every one of us trying our best. And trying our best doesn't mean that, for example, you have a coffee mug, you have a reusable mug. If you own a reusable mug, but let's say it's dirty from the day before, you go to the bodega, you get a paper mug, are you a bad person? No. Um, but if you can use your, re your reusable mug one day a week, that's still a huge difference. And one of the reasons why I think that why, why we're advancing policies like a Green New Deal is because we need to, yes, each and every one of us step up individually, but we also need to fix our systems that make it harder for us to act individually. You know, I have a trash chute right here on this door, but we don't have a recycling chute right here on that same door. So that means it's going to be fundamentally harder to recycle than it is to just toss whatever you want down that chute. Right. And so it's about empowering us to be making individual choices by making our systems better how about empowering yourself to go downstairs to the basement where the recycling container is like the rest of us oh wouldn't want to insist that she act like the rest of us my guest uh, on the line right now is the one and only Ann Coulter. I never know what mood I'm going to find her in these days. She's either uh, fur furious at the president or trying to figure out um, where she's going to where she's going to find uh, a candidate next. How you doing, Ann? <laughs> Fine, thank you. Well, I'm um, I'm calm and peaceful on this Ash Wednesday, remembering that nothing else matters. Hey, very good. Did you go to church? Um, it's it's the crack of dawn. This is the middle <laughs> of my night. I got up and called you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have drive-by um, ashes in in Palm Beach County. You know, you just uh, you pull your car in and no, seriously, and they just you know do your forehead and you can keep riding. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? I thought you'd like that. So, what's going on? That's I know really you're a Protestant method of going to church. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's going on? I know you're coming to the Kravis Center next week. What's that all about? Yes, I'm speaking Monday at noon. Um, I'm going to have to decide what kind of mood I'll be in, <laughs> really? as you say. Um, but there are always things to talk about, even if it's the end of the country. You've seen, no doubt. Um, we're now headed for the largest surge in U.S. history across the border. No crisis here, Ann. Uh, 76,000 <laughs> in the month of February, but there's no crisis. No, and it's just so typical of, of the media. You'd think people would get, would get used to this. Um, they lie and they lie and they lie and they lie. And then when it's too late to do anything about it, they finally run an article telling the truth. As they did earlier, um, well, I don't know if it was this week or, yeah, over the weekend, um, they, they, New York Times uh. ran an article on all of the rapes of these women trying to break into the country. But it's interesting. They couldn't find anybody uh, more recently than 2014. <laughs> I mean, they, they obviously didn't look very hard. No, they did not. So they did admit that the ones they were talking about and the, and the descriptions of their cases um, barely scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, of course. I mean, this is the point of having a wall and having um, adequate interior enforcement. Right now, we are just a gigantic magnet for anyone who wants, well, um, you know, in the best-case scenario, a better life 
driving down the wages of American workers, or in in the worst case, a good a good drug dealing market. <laughs> Some people that can turn on to black tar heroin, and in the middle, people who just you know would like free schooling, free housing, free food, free medical care, things they can't get in their own countries. I mean, you can you can. I mean, America. Stop feeling guilty, Americans. We're the most generous country in the world. We take in more refugees, asylees than the rest of the world combined. Whenever there's a disaster around the globe, contrary to what liberals who claim to love their country will tell you, Americans give far more, just astronomically more than than the people in any other country on earth. We are a generous country, but we're not going to be a generous country. We won't be the country we are if we allow the rest of the world to move in en masse. And that is what's happening. It's, it's, not, it's not fair, I might add, to the poor Bangladeshis, the poor Somalis, the ones who don't live within walking distance. It's, it's, it's not fair. It's not humanitarian. And in the end, it's going to cause... Um, a great deal of immiseration throughout the world when the America you know doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, well, I've, been, I've had enough of the Somali refugees as well, to be honest. Now I got one I'm sitting. I'm saying it's not, it's not even fair. No. I well, mean, you know, it, there, there are, how many people are there in the world? I can never remember numbers. Um, eight gazillion. Um, are we going to take them all? They'd all like to live here. It's a great country. Well, yeah, it's great to everyone except, uh, you know, the, the superstars <laughs> in the Democrat Party, apparently. But, yeah, right. what do you make of these Republicans that are going to vote uh, for this resolution um, saying that the president should not be declaring an emergency? I mean, wh- what what is an emergency? I'm trying to figure that out. Well, I was tweeting some of them yesterday. They were things like, um, a national emergency to block the transfer of property to anyone who plans to interfere with the establishment of democracy in the Congo. Right, exactly. Seriously, one of them. I mean, I, is, is um, you know, the peace and stability of the Congo, Zimbabwe, even the Middle East peace process. How many Americans will die? Um, if we don't have a national emergency on those issues. Whereas we know for a fact, tens of thousands of Americans will die every year as long as we have an open border through um, heroin overdoses, through opioid overdoses, as, as um, your listeners have probably heard me say a million times, as we know from the great... Um, investigative reporter Sam Quinones's book, Dreamland, about the opioid epidemic, the vast majority, I mean upward of 90% of heroin and fentanyl are coming from Mexico. They are coming because we don't have a wall on the border. And now every year more Americans are dying from drug overdoses than die, every year, than died in the entire course of the Vietnam War. And that's to say nothing of drunk driving accidents, of, you know, outright um, gang gang killings, murders, Kate Steinle, MS-13. Americans are dying because of this emergency. Tens of thousands of them, not the occasional. The occasional. No, that's not an emergency. Um, but anyone who interferes with establishing peace and democracy in the Congo, that's a national emergency. Well, what's horrifying about this to me is that it really is a political war that's going on against uh, President Trump. Uh, anything they can do to block his agenda and his success, they're going to do. And that's not just the Democrats anymore. It's members of the Republican Party as well, and absolutely the entire media. Yes, yes, it's it's strange. I, I mean, you could make a list of the things that 
that all three of those groups, media, Republicans, Democrats, have completely flipped their positions on, um, simply because Trump, if Trump is for it, they're against it. If Trump is against it, they're for it, um, including the entire Democratic Party completely abandoning the working class. I mean, I never fell for that anyway, but I think a lot of people, and especially a lot of members of the working class, didn't think, no, it's the Democrats, you know, and when they take those polls after presidential elections, um, do you think Bill Clinton cares about people like me? <laughs> um, and usually Democrats would do quite well in those surveys. Well, it's perfectly clear the Democratic Party, um, which I think you and I have known for a while, is the party of Wall Street, um, Desperately poor immigrants, not, not, you know, successful immigrants, not, not immigrants who aren't taking anything from the government, but the desperately poor ones. So it's, you know, Democrats are representatives of welfare recipients and billionaires. That is their party, the yuppie rich. And the Democrats are the party of the Koch brothers and the Chamber of Commerce. And they're the party of bigotry. I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody in blackface or it's uh, somebody condemning any politician that supports Israel, our only democratic ally in the Middle East, uh, there's right. so much bigotry in there. Poor Steve King, he must be kicking himself now that he, you know, just bowed out so gracefully. <laughs> no, I know. It is, if we could just take one moment, just, just pause on the insane, hysterical reaction to Steve King. Um, for those of you who don't remember, the New York Times, he, why he was talking to the New York Times, this is what Joyce and I are mad at him for. Um, of course, they're going to alter what you had to say. This is done to me all the time. They yeah. just changed the punctuation. And then made it look like he was saying, I don't know, what's the matter with, with white nationalism or something like that. Um, no, what he, obviously the New York Times guy was saying, well, what about white nationalism, white nationalism? And he said, white nationalism, um, Western civilization. I don't know what's the matter with Western civilization. This is what I was taught mm -hmm. in, in, in high school and college. We learn about Western civilization. They took out the period after him say, just repeating the New York Times, the guy right. said, white nationalism, white nationalism, and they made it look like he was combining Western civilization with white nationalism, which of course made no sense. I mean, the quote, even looking at it before he explained, it didn't make any sense because we were not taught white nationalism in high school and college. We were taught Western civilization. So they lie about a quote, get hysterical. Um, Republicans do the Republican thing, which is the idiotic thing. Yes, yeah, strip uh, him of everything. And that is, oh, oh, okay, we're going to instantly, we have a letter of resignation on file because the New York Times has decreed you uh, racist. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, and, and in the meantime, they they can't even, you know, pass this wishy-washy resolution, which now includes Islamophobia in it, um, which is <laughs> fundamentally based on one person who has repeatedly used anti-Semitic tropes and slurs um, to describe her fellow congressmen, you know. Wait, what does, I'm sorry, this is so great. What, what does it say about Islamophobia? Oh, it's about all kinds, all forms of bigotry and hatred um, should not be uh, tolerated in the body of Congress. And then it goes to list, you know, racism, uh, sexism, ageism, Islamophobia, and it gets to anti-Semitism somewhere in the, in, towards the end. <laughs> My guess is it never gets to never. The it's not getting voted on. Of white male. Yeah, it never gets voted on. That's what happened today. Yeah. They just tabled it. You know. 
Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, well, you can't. Yeah, listen, that's why sometimes, and I know how angry you are with the president, but sometimes, you know, I just don't know what else he can do. He has pretty much uh, stayed true to his attempts to, to get these guys to come on board. And even in an attempt now to override them, he'll be stymied, as you well know. He'll be in the courts for years. Well, as long as you ask, mm-hmm. um, he could not surround himself with never-Trumpers and people hysterically opposed to the wall. He could hire Chris Kobach at Homeland Security instead of Kirsten Nielsen beholden to the Koch brothers. Um, most of what he can do, such as the national emergency, what was so great about his campaign, the reason I wrote in Trump We Trust was, 90% of what he was promising and 100% of the things I cared the most about we're 100% within the power of the president. But he has Jared and Ivanka um, and, you know, the Schlapp family and their, and their lobbying clients telling him, no, no, you can't do that. We can't do that. We've got to give in. Let's just do whatever Paul Ryan says. And I will say, I, I, I mean, he's been, there are a few things he's been fantastic on, and he has followed through on. The one that I think is the most striking, because it's infinitely more complex than asking a developer to build a wall, right. uh, is the judiciary. His yes. court appointments have been better than any other president in my lifetime. Um, no Harriet Myers, no no David Souters. Um, terrific at the lower level. Why? Because he picks the right people. No John Roberts. Society. Yeah. <laughs> and has them pick his nominees. Why isn't he doing that with immigration, Joyce? Why aren't you working there? Why isn't Mickey Kaus working there? No, he's brought in the RNC, the Koch brothers, and the Chamber of Commerce. I'm sorry, that's his fault. Yeah, well, listen, I think that, you know, they convinced him that if he were to uh, join forces, they have a better chance of getting something passed. That was a lie. And by now he should know it's a lie. But you got to tell me, were you at CPAC this week? Oh, good grief, no. Me neither. I mean, I don't go to that anymore. It but is, It's like the, uh, was it the Eric Hoffer line, every great cause right. uh, starts as a movement, becomes a business, and ends up a racket. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think about it as well. But I have to tell you, I have now watched the president's two-hour speech twice, and that's the stuff um, that will win another election. And whether well, or not, except that if he had, doesn't do it, I mean, he, he does. He says great things. I agree with that. His speeches are fantastic. They've always been fantastic. But some people, maybe not all people, are going to notice that he keeps saying these things. But then it never happens. Where is that executive order on anchor babies? He was announcing some other executive order apparently at the CPAC speech. I did not watch it um, because I boycott about CPAC free speech on a campus. That has everything yeah, okay. to do with well, you. Is that going to be before or after the executive order on anger babies? And why <laughs> didn't he do that day one? Why hasn't he repealed Obama's actually unconstitutional executive order granting amnesty to illegal aliens? I mean, that is just clearly, manifestly unconstitutional. He can't even issue an executive order stopping an unconstitutional executive order from a prior um, president who was very unpopular with his base. It's madness, Joyce. No, he talks a good game. I wish he could be our permanent talker, 
But at some point, people are going to notice that just because he says it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I know, but then there's those of us who say, but I'm getting more out of this presidency than I've gotten in the last uh, 30 years. So, you know, the judiciary. We have the worst, worst border we've, we've had in the, last, in the last 30 years. We're going to have more illegals pouring across it than in the last 30 years. Yeah, well, that, that, that is the uh, one unknown, but we'll see. I mean, there's still uh, the potential for that to be resolved. And you're coming on, what is it, on uh, Monday, next Monday, to the uh, Kravis yeah, Center? March 11th, 12 noon at the Kravis Center. It's going to be great. All right. Well, and listen. Who knows what mood I'll be in. Yeah, well, you should stop by the <laughs> studio if you're getting all jazzed up oh, that's a great idea you know come in here and and and, uh, and we'll do some time together always appreciate it good to talk to you joy good to talk to you too take care enjoy friday night dinners at the american german club doors open at 5 p.m every friday night of the year dinner dessert and coffee services are optional sir from 6 p.m to 8 p.m only there's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom standards party music and german traditional full bar with liquor and wine including german and domestic beers on tap ten dollars for admission and dinner is just twelve dollars visit americangermanclub.org for more information Indeed. Um, now, she has support today from AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, tweeting today that one of the things that is hurtful about the extent to which reprimand is sought of Ilhan is that no one seeks this level of reprimand when members make statements about Latinx and other communities. During the shutdown, a GOP member yelled, go back to Puerto Rico on the floor. Uh, Jonathan? Yes. She's, she's got a point. Well, yes, she does have a point. There's always, there's, that's, this is not to say that the controversy surrounding Congressman Omar is, is not legitimate. But there seems to be selective outrage. And when it's been coming from the Republican side of the aisle, the Republican side of the aisle is, is mute. Uh, they don't hold their members accountable for anything. Really? So how come Steve King is uh, sitting out every committee that he's sat on for years? What a load of crap. I mean, they they just, uh, they're beneath contempt. And I find that the, the Republicans are just such pushovers and namby-pambies and wusses that it's pretty frightening to me. I, I, unlike Ann Coulter, I'm not mad at the president. I'm mad at the Republicans who don't back him up. A lot of this could have been done during those first two years when Paul Ryan had the House and Mitch McConnell had the, had the whole Senate. He had both houses and the executive branch, and they just didn't move. They just didn't do it. Even though today we're looking at a, uh, a month of February where 76,000 illegals crossed the border. I don't know. I, I just don't know. There comes a, po there comes a point where you cannot expect one man to do this all by himself. And, and I've never seen a man do as much by himself as this guy has done. And not by all by executive order either. So I just, you know, listen, uh, I'm not, Ann and I disagree on this. And, and most of us are truly sick and tired of beating up on, uh, on the president, I don't like it when it's done by by the media. I don't like it when it's done by the med by the Democrats, and I really don't like it when it's done by members of his own party. It's just it's obscene to me. 
Um, one of the things that I've been watching for the last couple of days is whether or not these uh, 81 subpoenaed individuals are going to push back. And it's amazing. I've only begun to see a little bit of pushback, and it's really on the part of people who have the most to lose, who don't have money to fight, and who you know have been already fairly uh, beat up or destroyed by the Mueller investigation or, or some other form of, uh, of committee that's examined them, like Michael Caputo. He's not going to comply with anything. He was a, an advisor. I, I, whole, I hope with my whole heart that Carter Page, who's also been subpoenaed, is not going to comply. If he doesn't realize what happens to him when he, when he complies with these requests... Um, then he probably deserved what happened to him when he when he did. Um, I have a, a, a sensation, though, that this is going to backfire hugely or bigly on the Democrats, and some of them are beginning to see that. When you have David Pfeiffer, who was an Obama, um, how do you describe him, an Obama advisor? When you have him come out and say, what the heck was that about? It makes it look like a witch hunt, like they don't know what they, you know, it all started out, is, did the president collude with Russia to uh, steal an election? That was the premise that we got this um, special counsel assigned and any investigations were to take place in the House uh, or in the Senate. And now that we know that no collusion took place, and we're pretty sure that's what Robert Mueller's report is going to say, we have shifted into the hugest fishing expedition that I've ever seen. When you subpoena the CEO of the Trump Organization, the attorney of the Trump Organization, uh, Donald Trump's personal attorney, Jared Kushner's business uh, attorney, um, members of the uh, staff uh, that aren't even there anymore, like Sean Spicer. When you send out 81 subpoenas, you're looking for, you know, you're looking to make a crime. You don't have one. So you're going to search through businesses, through uh, interaction in the White House. You're going to search everywhere trying to come up with something that you can call obstruction. And I just think that anybody who uh, willingly goes in front of this committee is insane. There's only one purpose uh, for this uh, committee, and that is to muddy up, dirty up the president as much as possible, and in effect, dirty up anybody who sits in front of the committee, whether you're an attorney or whether you're an, a, a citizen, you know, just a, a, a person who happened to work for the Trumps. You know, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like this before. And the fact that the media just like goes along with it, they're cheerleading it. They're going, hey, yeah, look, this is great. Let's, uh, you know, let's have more subpoenas. Only 81? Can you imagine if somebody had dared to issue 81 subpoenas about Benghazi? I don't think there was any. There were like three. They asked for the papers from the uh, administration and the State Department, period. End of story. Not everybody that Bill Clinton had ever or Hillary Clinton had ever slept with, because that would have been a long list. Not everybody that Barack Obama had included in his senatorial campaign or uh, worked with as a community advisor. The insanity of what they've done, of what they've done, of what Jerry Nadler has done, is seems to uh, have escaped the media. Trust me, it would not have escaped the media if it weren't Donald Trump. 
And that's what's beginning to resonate with people. Even people who don't agree with me politically have said to me, they're really sick and tired of this. I get that. I get that. I'm really sick and tired of it too. And anybody out there who thinks that there's some pure motives on the part of any of these uh, committee chairs like Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff and, and uh, Jerry Nadler, just to Google their names, you know, and, and see how many, for instance, ethics, ethics charges a Maxine Water has had levied against her. Look and see what Jerry Nadler's rating has been. Uh, some of these people just, it's longevity that catapulted them into uh, positions of leadership because they certainly didn't earn it. You know, you look at some of these people who are running for the presidency and you ask them, which they are beginning to ask them, you know, what have you accomplished? Yesterday I played a soundbite and I heard even worse last night of Bernie Sanders being asked questions like, well, what have you done? What have you done for me lately? And he couldn't come up with a single thing. He did. Not a single piece of legislation that he authored. He, he sends out all of these, you know, uh, lofty, gimmicky statements but his actual record, it's, uh, it's negligible. <laughs> the same for Kamal. <coughs> the same for Cory Booker. The same for Kirsten Gillibrand. Then you got some people I never even heard of. Boogieg, uh, Bo Pete Boogieg. I don't know what he's ever done. I think he was the mayor of... Uh, of a city. Oh, but here's the good news. Just in case. Yesterday, there were so many people, they were so depressed um, because Hillary Clinton said that she was definitely not running. And the hand-wringing on, on CNN and MSLSD had begun right away. So today, guess what? Not so fast. Today, there's a revised outlook from the Clinton camp. No plan on running. No campaign finance committee in place. You can't make this stuff up. Headline in the uh, Drudge Report about an hour ago was that uh, Brennan, the former CIA director John Brennan, possibly one of the most disgusting human beings ever, has now predicted, not knowing, he said, he wouldn't be surprised if indictments produced by special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation were delivered this Friday. He said if a Trump family member is indicted, that would signal the end of Mueller's investigation because Trump would probably fire him. You know, this guy is delusional. And the media that covers him, MSNBC, that hired him, they're even more delusional. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if, for example, this week on Friday, not knowing anything about it, but Friday is the day the grand jury indictments come down. And also, the Friday is better, this Friday is better than next Friday, because next Friday is the 15th of March, which is the Ides of March. The hell does that even mean? I don't think Robert Mueller will want to have that dramatic uh, flair of the Ides of March 
when he is going to deli- to be delivering what I think are going to be his indictments, the final indictments, as well as the report. I do think if anybody from the Trump family, extended family, is going to be indicted, it would be the final act of Mueller's investigation. <laughs> you know, this is just delusional. But what will Lawrence O'Donnell, who was interviewing Brennan, do on Friday when this doesn't happen? Is he going to bring Brennan back on and say, well, look, you know, uh, Mueller's report is out. There were no indictments. And in particular, there were no no further indictments. There have been indictments, but there are no further indictments. And there have certainly been no indictments or even allegations against the uh, Trump family. So, uh, you know, where'd you get that 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 idea, John? I'll tell you, you know, that won't happen. He will not be held up to ridicule the way he will be on this show on on Monday when I'm sure that Friday has passed and uh, and no such thing happened. Brennan is a moron and Lawrence O'Donnell, who is interviewing him, is just slightly less moronic than Brennan. But to use a Republican maneuver to add this poison pill, five minutes for the bill, mm-hmm. and, then, and then the other 200-plus Democrats in the caucus have to decide five minutes before passage, do I choose between the gun safety community and these families or the immigrant community when these are not two communities that are opposed? The fact that we're forced to choose between them, I thought was wrong. And I communicated as such in the committee. And when I said, you're making a list, what I'm saying is that you're, you are, by separating yourselves out from the caucus, you have made a list in the vote count of the caucus Democrats that is susceptible to Republican manipulation and frankly will be held accountable by progressive activists and advocates who say, stop negotiating away the rights of immigrants Mm -hmm. for completely uh, unrelated legislation. What exactly are the rights of immigrants is really what I'd like to know. How about like safe passage and illegal entry um, when they filled out the proper paperwork? I'm just asking, you know, it just seems easy to me to, uh, you know, not give them every right that I have. What's the purpose of being an American citizen if I have no more rights, in many cases less rights, than someone who slips uh, over a fence or crosses the border surreptitiously without permission? I'm um, not really sure. not really sure if I can ever support the likes of an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or the the Maxine Waters of the world who really believe that illegal immigrants have every of the have all of the same rights that you and I have although their contribution to this country is yet to be determined that doesn't mean that I don't believe that some of them will become contributing members were they to uh, go through legal processes I'm sure that all immigrants have the potential for greatness. That's why they come here. They hope that they'll get that opportunity. The scary part, though, is this expectation 
on the part of my elected representatives, who, by the way, are not elected to represent illegal immigrants. They're elected to represent the constituents in their districts. Not even to represent the whole country, although it's nice when they think about the good of the country. They're really there uh, to represent the people who live in their district. And if someone could explain to me how it's good for a person serving in an Arizona district where just last night a rancher had to shoot an illegal immigrant on their doorstep. I'm just asking how that Arizona congressperson can uh, determine who they should be more concerned about, the illegal immigrant who got shot or the homeowner who was terrified into shooting. You see, for me, these are not, uh, these are not hard questions. They appear to be very hard questions, though, for uh, Alexandria and very hard questions for the, a majority of the incoming class at, uh, at this Congress, in this Congress. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. I've ex exhausted myself um, in an effort to bring you some information that you probably won't get anywhere else. I'm sure you won't get. By the way, the budget deficit jumped 77% to $310 billion. First time I've ever seen CNN report on that, ever, ever. But uh, hey, we got uh, Donald Trump, and, and if we can find anything, we will uh, we'll pin it on him. By the way, Larry Kudlow has just made a statement, short-run debt will pay off. So we'll see. We'll, uh, my... my I'm still a deficit hawk, and I'm still not happy about the, the consumption that's going on in Washington, D.C. So thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m., if it be his will, and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And I will see you tomorrow at 10. Markley and Van Camp coming up next. Paul Barsky at 3 o'clock. Keep that dial right where it is. 